0: Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're
1: taking you with us to Paris for butterfly science.
0: Parisian butterflies, they just hang out in cafes all day going, Oh, don't tube de Ville, <laughs> je ne sais quoi.
1: <laughs> Along with our Parisian podcast friends, we're heading to a museum to meet a scientist who's studying why butterfly wings are so colorful. On a beautiful spring day in Paris, Marshall, our son, and I met Dana and Zed from the Petite Punk podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Marshall. I'm Dana. Dana. This is Zed. Hi, Zed. And Zed, this is Emmett. And Emmett, this is Zed. Bonjour. Hello. Hello. Bonjour. The Petite Punk is an awesome family music and storytime show co-hosted by Dana and Zed. So
2: should we go to my office? Yeah, sure. All right.
0: They'd helped us arrange a visit at the Museum of Natural History with a butterfly scientist named Marianne Elias. This is
2: uh, the entomology building, so this is where uh, insect collections are.
1: Marianne works in a building that stores hundreds of thousands of dead insect specimens, some collected as long as 200 years ago.
2: It's a bit old. <laughs> You'll see it's falling apart a bit. <laughs>
1: Marianne studies one specific part of the butterflies, their wings. She wants to know why they look so different. So she took us somewhere we'll be able to see it for ourselves.
2: So I'll take you to the butterfly and moth collection. I can pull out a few boxes for you guys to see. My...
1: Marianne led us through a door to a room lined with very old cabinets. It looked like a library, but it had a really weird smell to it.
2: Like
3: chemicals. It smells like
2: butter and flies.
1: The smell came from chemicals that keep
2: living insects
1: from eating the dead ones in the boxes. So
2: here you have a lot of, I don't know how you call them, boxes. And inside the boxes, uh, there are many butterflies. Marianne pulled out a thin picture frame-like box, like she was taking a book off the shelf. Whoa!
3: impressive.
2: Inside were rows of butterflies with their wings, pinned open. So they have these colors on the dorsal side, on the top side, and then I can show you uh, what the, the underside looks like.
1: This next box had the same species, but facing down.
2: What do they look like? They look like leaves, exactly. Uh, yeah. an interesting way to camouflage. Exactly, yeah. So the underside looks like leaves, and when they're resting, they, they've got all their, their wings together, stuck together, and so they just look like a, a dead leaf. And so they are not attacked by predators because they are camouflaged and predators cannot see them. We started to understand that butterfly wings aren't just pretty for the sake of being interesting
1: to look at. The colors serve a purpose beyond their beauty. In yet another box, we saw butterflies as big as tea saucers.
2: Wow! Phosphorescent. No, not phosphorescent, but iridescent. So when you move the butterfly... The colors change. Marianne
1: moved the box from side to side. The wings shimmered like sunlight on water.
2: So yeah, I I think these colors are just fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so on the other side, so it's not visible here, but they're just brown with the eye spots. When they fly, Uh, sometimes you see like blue and then nothing and blue and nothing. And so predators have trouble to follow them.
0: Predators would be like, that gigantic blue butterfly was here just a second ago. How did it disappear? And now I just see this weird brown thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Zed
1: wondered if the butterflies had other survival strategies.
2: Are there any toxic butterflies? Yes, I'm going to show them to you. Just now, They're in my office.
1: We headed out of the butterfly library and downstairs to Marianne's office.
0: So he said toxic butterflies, right? Like, are those butterflies that are no fun to be around?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it means they're poisonous. Marian opened a door with her name on it. This is my office? The room was a pretty tight fit for two families and a scientist.
2: Should I sit in, in the middle? Yeah,
1: yeah. We arranged ourselves between the desks and the piles of research. And so we're here in your
2: office right now. Can you describe it a little bit for us? (laughs) (laughs) Right. In the shelves, I have uh, like books and scientific papers. But basically, I have butterfly nets, so you can see one here. Marianne
1: pointed to the corner behind the closed door. Her butterfly net was just like one you'll buy at a store, but on a very long a pole.
2: ...around the circle and you can catch butterflies with it.
1: We'll learn later why her pole is special. But first, Zed had been waiting to ask his big butterfly science question.
2: Why are butterflies different colors? Wow, well, that that's a very big question. Do you have the time to answer? <laughs> yes, I will try to answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Um, Colors in butterflies, they can be used for different things. So. She told us that
1: just like we'd seen in the butterfly library, colors could help butterflies camouflage
2: themselves or confuse or hide from predators. Um, and also color pattern might be used as a signal to indicate that a butterfly is toxic.
0: Toxic to who?
2: So predators, which are normally birds, they learn to associate a bad taste uh, with the color pattern of a butterfly.
1: Red, orange, black, and white are popular colors for poisonous animals and insects, like the monarch butterfly.
2: A bird that doesn't know that uh, the monarch is toxic um, catches a monarch and eats it. Then it finds it disgusting. And there has been experiments with monarchs showing that the bird then they they throw up, they, they spit out the butterflies because it tastes so bitter.
0: So, like, birds just don't, like, automatically know. They have to be like, oh, don't, dude, don't eat those things. <laughs> no, they're gross. They're gross.
1: Before we met, Marianne actually showed me a series of photos from this experiment of a bird eating a butterfly, looking disgusted, and then a trail of saliva or something coming out of its beak.
0: <laughs> what what kind of face does the disgusted bird have? <laughs> just like, Ah!
1: It's really hard for a bird to contort its face, (laughs) but I could tell.
2: (laughs) And then they remember, okay, this orange and black butterfly, it tastes bad. And next time it will see a butterfly with the same color pattern, it will say, okay, I'm not going to eat it because I know it tastes bad.
1: Marianne had one more set of butterflies to show us.
2: I have a box with different species that are all toxic.
1: Each row was made up of different species, but they all had chosen variations on the same color
2: of orange and black. So if they all have the same color, then birds learn faster. If they're all this way, birds need to learn once to avoid orange and black, and then it will avoid all the three species.
0: So Zed's question has a pretty simple answer when it comes to toxic butterflies. Being colorful means don't eat.
1: Zed was ready to move on to his next question.
3: What are the different habitats at hab- what are the different
2: habitat butterflies live in the tropics, and why, why do they live there? That reminded Marianne of something else. I, I realized that I haven't answered fully your first question, so I answered why uh, different species look similar, but I haven't answered why uh, sometimes you have different species that don't look the same. Wait, what does she mean by that? She means if colorful wings that look alike is such a
1: huge advantage for butterflies, why do they have so many different patterns? Why don't they look exactly the same?
0: Oh, to leave no doubt in any bird's mind that they're gonna taste gross.
1: Yeah, and the answer has to
2: do with Zed's second question about habitats. We found out that the species that look different actually don't live exactly in the same places. They don't live in exactly the same habitats. For her research,
1: Marianne went to the rainforest in Peru, where she collected all the butterflies we were looking at with the net in the corner. While she was catching butterflies, she realized something.
2: Then if we try to remember where we've seen them, we start realizing that some fly much lower than others. So when you catch butterflies, do you write down like, I caught this below my knees or I caught this above my head? Yes, this is exactly what we do. So we used our net and we we put some uh, marks on uh, the pole of our nets and then we can kind of measure uh, with the net approximately uh, the height.
0: So instead of just saying this species was caught near this tree, it's also this species was caught at this height near these trees.
2: Yeah, so it's not enough to just chase butterflies on the ground. The other thing we've been doing is to climb up the trees with some uh, climbing equipment. Why don't you just take a helicopter? (laughs) Ha! we don't have a helicopter. What about a jet plane? I think we don't have enough money in our labs for that. I think it's just easier and cheaper to climb.
0: Given the amount of wind that a helicopter generates, I have trouble imagining that a butterfly would be able to get very close.
1: (laughs) I think Marianne's process is not only cheaper, it's also slightly more stealthy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: What do you think? Would you like to climb trees to catch butterflies? I
3: like climbing and animals, but climbing to catch animals Um, not my kind of combination.
0: I guess climbing trees for butterflies is like pineapple and ham on pizza. Not for everyone, but the people it's for love it.
1: Back to the science. What Marion found was that the different butterfly wing patterns
2: appeared at different heights. Uh, those species, the orange and black, uh, we found that they fly very high in the canopy, so in the top of the trees, whereas uh, the, these little species, they tend to fly much lower, and so they don't encounter the same birds.
0: So basically, not only are the butterflies different species at different heights, the birds are different species at different heights or habitats, too.
1: So that's why butterflies look colorful and different. They've got different birds to teach an important lesson to.
0: That lesson being, I'm disgusting. <laughs> Do not eat.
1: You're gonna go peh.
0: <laughs> Seriously.
2: So they have those different habitats, and why they have those different habitats, we don't know.
0: Wait, wait, so we don't know why butterflies live in different habitats?
2: Yeah, in science,
1: every answer leads to another question.
0: Even a simple question, like why are butterflies so colorful leads to a fascinating discovery.
1: So, listeners, now that you've learned about why butterflies are colorful and different, think about other animals that are colorful. How might they use their colors to signal to predators or to attract each other? Or is there another reason they might be colorful? And how would you find out if your ideas are right?
0: While you're thinking about it, we've got a song for you about butterflies from Dana and Zed of the Petite Punk Podcast.
3: a pillar, chrysalis, then butterfly, butterflies, 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 butterflies,
1: Thanks today to Dr. Marianne Elias, researcher at the Natural History Museum in Paris.
0: And thanks to Dana and Zed from the Petite Punk Podcast.
1: I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show.
0: And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made the music, except for that one song at the end, and actually really most of it today. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery.